podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. We're talking about a doozy today, friends. We are talking about church politics. And just to clarify, when we're talking about church politics today, we're talking kind of about the experience of being in the church, working in the church, volunteering in the church, and then seeing kind of some of the ugly underbelly. So we're not really referring to, you know, conservative versus liberal or things like that, which we might cover in another episode. But today we'll talk all about um, our experiences kind of inside the church and how we've handled times that have not been as stellar experiences, but also about some times that have been really beautiful experiences. We hope it's helpful for you. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hey, guys. Hello. I'm Erin Kinsella. I'm Nicole Richard Williams. <laughs> and I'm Rachel D'Souza. And we are in the thickest. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> I look kind of cheesy, but it's good. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, uh, that's fine. That's, okay. how are, that's true. How are you guys doing? Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's I'm kind of like beat. That answer was like, was like when you say I'm doing okay, but yeah. really what wants to come out of your mouth is I'm doing everything that I don't wish to be doing in some way. I mean, that's you. Wait, that's not true. I am doing all the things that I wish to be doing, but yes. I am just, very just a lot tired of, right just now. Just a lot mm-hmm. of those things in a, in a, a short time. Yeah. That's right. That's right. This that's is obvious. Rachel, your response is a sort of on par with sometimes in the morning, my students will come in. It's like an eight or 9 a.m. class. And I, how are y'all doing? And they all just look at me for a second. Like, do we have to answer that question? <laughs> yeah. We don't really want to answer that question because it will cause us to have to reflect on how we're doing and it's not good. Like this, you know, it. this <laughs> is exactly it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right now, I'm just kind of like, I'm going, you know, but you have yeah. like a crunch class, like slash was, This is last right? week. We had, we had two classes, like we had an extra class last week. And then this week I am, we just have a lot of reading this week, which is great. Mm. I mean, in a PhD program, it's kind of what you do, but yeah. you know, today, this week is like a lot. And so, yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out I guess it's, it hasn't been that long since I've moved. It's been mm-hmm. over a month now, but I'm still trying to figure out what my routine is. Like, what do oh, I, yeah. when do I grocery shop? When do I do laundry? Mm-hmm. Like which days of mm-hmm. the week, what happens yeah, yeah. when? So I think that's part yeah. of what's exhausting me too. Cause it's just like, I don't have my system, mm-hmm. my rhythm yet. So it makes a big difference. Right. Routine does. Yeah. 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 Okay. How are you, Erin? Oh, I'm great. Because I got a new toy that I have already talked to you ladies about. I showed you, but I will show all of those who are watching. Um, if Ooh. you are listening, the what I have just held up uh, looks like a blow dryer. Um, however, it is indeed a... Can you hear that at all? Uh, not, not really. Not too much. Yeah. ASMR. Oh, oh yep, yeah, that's something. <laughs> that's not pretty. <laughs> so it's like an alien vibe <laughs> ASMR. Like, so it is yeah. a massage gun. Oh my gosh. And this thing, uh, <laughs> like it is, it is the best. I made my mom do this on my shoulder for like, okay, so for those who are not familiar. Sorry, my voice is just going to be shaking. It's making me crack up. Um, For those who are not familiar, I have fibromyalgia. So I have a lot of sore muscles a lot of the time. And in particular, when I'm working on the computer stuff, it's like my right 
shoulder, you know, like your shoulder blade kind of muscle there that gets super kind of like a knot in it all. So I get one of those and this thing, I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to actually force myself to go to bed at night because I would prefer to not sleep and just do this to my body <laughs> for the rest of my life. But anyways, that's, that's amazing. the Lord's will for my life. So I'm going to put that down mm. right now, but <laughs> Well, that's very exciting. I'm glad yes. you have a new massage gun thing. Thank that's you. great. Thank you. Mm. How, how are you, Nicole? How are you? Doing pretty well. I, um, yeah, I'm just like plugging away at, at teaching, which is great. And I love it so much. Mm. Um, and then trying to finish my PhD stuff. So, right. This is the decision that I have right now that I'm trying to figure out is one of my, um, papers got accepted to present at this uh, World Federation of Neuro Rehabilitation Conference in Vienna, Austria in wow. December, which is super cool. And there's a couple of colleagues who want who are going to come and present with me. But I have to decide if I want to present virtually from Nashville or online, or sorry, in person in Vienna. And there's just like a lot of pros and cons to either I one. I was going to say, is there even a question <laughs> about which? Like because I'm, right? I'm trying to finish my dissertation, right? Yeah. And you go on an international trip and it's just the jet lag and all the time that, right, right. you know, I could be writing, I would be there, yeah. but that I would be there. So, yeah, you know, exactly, so this, is yeah. like, this is like a hard decision, you guys. Yeah, and like, oh I had gosh. sort of made up my mind not to go. And then I was second mm. guessing it. So I'm sort of right in the middle of that decision okay. right now. So I'm not going to counsel you. Cause I only have one. out on the <laughs> It's all just going to be Vienna. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't have to pay for anything too. Cause I have oh, funding for girl. stuff. So it's like, mm. it's, you know, we're it's, holding, we're holding <laughs> it's like, do I be Rick really responsible or do the fun thing? It's oh, also maybe responsible. So anyways. I mean, well, I mean, sometimes the Lord just gives you a gift. You just have to. <laughs> no. you know. so oh, we'll see. My. We'll see. Yeah. Anyways, it's... funding cover Nathan to go with you. That is, it does the... not. It does see, not. That's, that's okay. The that's right yeah, there. That's, well, a, that's a tough part. That's a tough yeah. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. A tough yeah. Part. So yeah. I would also like to say, Nicole, that you're, um, you, when we were first meeting, have a tank top on today, like mm-hmm. nice. Uh, and so we can now see the stages of, cold that are existing in our various places because nicole is in nashville she's got the tank top mm-hmm. rachel is in dc so she's got the t-shirt short sleeves yeah <laughs> short sleeve t-shirt still i am in canada so i'm in <laughs> ottawa i am wearing a dress and a very fuzzy sweater it's starting <laughs> to get real cold that's great that's yeah, great that's go. funny actually it you is funny we're gonna be able to visually illustrate our our global domination over the course of the podcast yes, yes. so speaking of global domination our topic today is politics today. is well politics in the church you know mm-hmm. you know when everyone yeah. this is like the kind of thing where people are talking about something that's happening at their parish or in their church community or something mm-hmm. um and then it's like awkward or it's difficult and then at the end you're like well politics and then everyone's like yeah 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 and but so that's what we're talking about that's what we're talking about that's right Um, and it's it's a little hard to define isn't it um okay what do we actually mean by church politics so let's just let's just explicate that a little bit first so uh rachel why don't you start when you think of the term church politics what comes to mind Mm. i think about um just things that are happening the ways in which like church communities or parishes that I've been a part of or communities I've been a part of are getting 
influenced that have nothing to do with our true purpose or goal. So like Mm. ways in which, you know, decisions about ministry are being decided are being made. And obviously I'm not talking about there's practical things that always are a concern. And those are important things. That's not what I mean. I just like Mm -hmm. that people's people's motivations are not really evangelization or, you know, caring for the flock or, um, you know, and this can be like, it could be clergy. It could be pastoral workers. It could just be like people, I don't know, like youth ministry helpers. It could be anybody, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it comes up where something's pushing us in a way that's not quite, um, are, you know, focused or centered on like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is tough, right? Cause if you can, if we're, you know, if people are following, which we're all, we're all, um, you know, guilty of this or, or Mm -hmm. what's the word I'm looking vulnerable to this, but of just like following our own, this is what I think it should be. And it's not, I remember one time, um, I was trying to get, I really wanted to see if we could get a net team at our parish. And so I went and like talked to the parish council and I talked to the priest and, and I, as I was talking to them and I was, I was like, had made this presentation. This is why we'd be good. Mm. And then they kind of asked some questions and were pushing back. And so then I kept pushing back. And then finally they were just like, we're, we're saying no, like right. we're saying no. And I was just kind of like, why? Oh, and it was mm. two things. One is that like, I, I had a strong sense of, well, this is what we need to do. Right. This is yeah, the answer. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I was pushing it. Right. And mm. in a sense, I was vulnerable to that of like yeah. my own agenda of, I think this is good. And maybe that it wasn't the right move for the parish for whatever right. reason. Right. Yeah. Um, at that time. Uh, and so we're all vulnerable to that, you know, but it's, yeah. it, uh, it's tough. Yeah. 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 Aaron, what about you? I feel like it's so, um, there is, I forget the name of the organization. It's like great parish or wonderful parish or something like that, but it's Patrick Lencioni, who is this guy. I think he might be from Seattle or anyways. Um, I think he gave a talk in Vancouver or something like that, that I watched with, um, with when I was at my old work and the, he's excellent. So if you ever get a chance mm-hmm. to go and look at, um, at some of his, his talks, he's just so good. Uh, and the thing that I love that he talks about is, um, is leadership, like leadership in a parish or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and he tells the story about, you know, how you have the parish council or whatever. And so you have the people on the parish council and there's one woman who's like saying these things and these ideas or whatever. And then a typical parish council will be, everybody goes out to the parking lot to their cars afterwards and everybody talks to each other about how dumb her ideas are. And then, but nobody actually says that. So there's like, mm-hmm. to me, if you're talking about church politics, then you're getting into the realm of darkness. And I don't want to say that like, like too dramatically, but I also don't Mm. actually want to say it too lightly because, Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's, there's such a beautiful and good way that discernment, discussion, Mm. dialogue, conflict, um, like Mm. being able to point out to people when they're railroading things or when they're, you know, like that we should have ways of doing that. And we do have ways of doing that according to um, how Christianity calls us, like how Christ calls us to live and how to love each other. Like we do have these things, but to me, church politics is like what happens when we are not actually like, it's the things that lie in the dark somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think just like a passive aggressive kind of attitude or 
yeah, just a lack of humility and honest discussion yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's what I was just going to say. Like, I think sometimes, I think it, it is connected with humility because on both sides of it, like your story, Nicole, like when we have like, oh, we have this idea, but like, maybe it's not the direction that the church is, the parish is going in for good reasons. And we're not able to take it. And then we go home and we're like, oh my gosh, like the priest, he doesn't care about, it. you know what I mean? And then we start talking mm-hmm. smack about it. And like, these kinds of things, it's just, it's a failure of discipleship and a failure of humility somewhere, mm. sometimes on our part, maybe often mm. our own part. So it's like, you know, I think, yeah, it's really humility is kind of in the, in the center of this whole mm. thing about church politics. Yeah. And sometimes sure. it's like just aggressive, aggressive and not passive aggressive, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. sometimes it really is like, if That's you, so I'm just thinking about, okay. So to make it concrete for people who are listening, like the kinds of things we were talking about, if we're talking about church politics are, um, yeah, the kind of like infighting or things that might happen on parish councils or, um, or in a church, you know, where people have different visions of how things should go. It might be even something about how, um, like there are groups that are opposed to the Bishop in like weird ways or in like disobedient ways and kind of making a public fighting and things like that. Or it could even be like the inner workings of a diocese or a parish for the people who work at that diocese or work at that parish when they are treated in ways that are ungodly or um, yeah. Or you have people in positions of authority who are abusing their positions or things like that. And so it kind of like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like, those are the kind of things that are floating through my head. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And, And that stuff. And part of the reason I think like we want to talk about this is because if you encounter that stuff, if you're working for the church or if you're just a parishioner or member of a community, sometimes mm-hmm. we really, really like a harsh kind of smack in the face and like really disillusioning. And it can really, it can really shake up that your faith sometimes where you're like, Oh, yeah. I thought if I was going to go to this person who's a representative of the church, or if I, you know, that I was going to be comforted or helped in some way. And like, instead I, I I'm kind of reeling from this like weird experience that mm. I did not anticipate having. So, right. You know, and these are, you know, uh, we're not even talking here about any type of abuse. We're just kind of talking about mm-hmm. like this, re- I don't know, regular everyday personality conflicts, but even that, is um can, yeah can be tremendously wounding i think oh, you know yeah. and and really yeah. kind of cause people to second guess like wait do i really do i really want this church if this is the if these are the people mm-hmm. yeah. right do i really want to be a part of this community um if this is how i'm treated and it's not with love right it's uh it can be disillusioning yeah. and i i don't know an example that is maybe close to my heart right now. Cause I'm living in the U S where maternity leave is just not really a thing mm. is you hear about women working in parishes, doing amazing work, and then they start to have children and they're basically fired. Um, and you, this is like, like so many women have experienced this. Right. And so, and it gets me all fired up and angry because we're a church that would, that's very like okay, pro-life everything, but like not fully it's not fully pro-life because we're not actually caring for people in practical ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Even the people who are working right at the church and how, how hurtful can that be? And how much is politics or money or, or things tied up in all of that? And maybe this is not exactly, um, that's a whole, we could have a whole podcast episode on this, right. Of like women in the church or something like that, but just, just illustrating that. Yeah. Like, um, conflicts that happen for people who are especially maybe folks who are involved in some way in deep ways in their parish mm-hmm. um you know it, it can be really 
difficult to navigate and you may not want to go back like you may it may be hard to like what do you where do you go from there right it can be very like I remember because I've had I mean I've been working whatever in professional ministry for like 17 years or something ridiculous like that um but the but I remember when I first was going to start working in the church and I was so excited it was like every part of me was like this is going to be the best experience of my life because I'm working for this, you know, for the church. Like we love Jesus. All of us do. We just want everybody to love Jesus. And then in like, within a couple of months, I was like, this is a friggin' disaster. And I gone, Joe, what is happening? Because it was just like, Wait, what about Jesus? Wait, <laughs> where's the Jesus? Yeah, that's exactly it though. But it was, it was so disillusioning for such a long yeah. time. And I remember in one of the positions that I was in, um, that it was like, I feel like I've been kind of on both ends, which is, mm-hmm. which is also an interesting thing because one of the positions that I was in, um, it felt like I was always the one being talked about. Like I was always mm-hmm. the one whose motivations were suspect or whose, um, view of things didn't fit in with, with, you know, the, those around me or, you know, like all of those kind of things. And I remember having things happen, like, um, like stuff would come back to me that people had said about me, or I had snide comments that were said directly to me about like these things. And it was like, it was this experience, honestly, of evil. Like, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It was an experience of evil because I was on the end of sin. Like yeah. I was, I like sin against me and it was, yeah. and it was really difficult, you know, but then at the same time, oh. I've also had experiences where I've, I've had to like repent because, and really like confess that and bring that to the Lord because because I can think of a number of situations where it was like me, where there was some, somebody else who was either struggling or was just, like, even if they were just like a weirdo or like whatever, you know, where, um, where it was me, like, or, or like, cause we can do things even like gang up on people if they're, you know, like stuff that's not, yeah. that's just yeah. not of the Lord. That really is more of like the world. And, and I've heard people say, say it before that like working in the church is like a far worse place to work than in like the secular world, because at least in the mm-hmm. secular world, people are like straightforward with their stuff or whatever. And they do crap stuff and they're just honest about why they're doing crap stuff and it's not hidden or whatever. But in the mm-hmm. church, it's like mm-hmm. people do crap stuff and then it's hidden under like this coating of sugar, you know, like it's like, well, true. in the church, we're supposed to be good and nice and holy. So we're going to. Yeah have a good, nice and holy face, but still do all the craft stuff. Whereas maybe other places people are like, whatever, this is just, yeah, yeah. I'm going to walk over you to get a thing. It's not personal. It's just, I'm going to get the raise because you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I I mean, that's not to say I feel, yeah. I mean, I'm, I resonate Aaron with like, you know, your, some of your experiences, but also I, we, we both have had great, ex- there's like yeah, wonderful, that should, that needs to be people. named. <laughs> yeah, that needs say. to be named too. There's a lot of wonderful, <laughs> wonderful people working in the church and yeah. it is, there's lots of goodness and holiness and beauty. And, yeah. and God is obviously like working yeah. through lots of incredible people, but because, yeah. but because it is the church, if you encounter anyone, I think that's mm-hmm. not that way. And there are people that are not that way. Um, I mean, or anyone that's like, you know, 
engaging in something sinful or something. And we don't, again, mm-hmm. we're not talking about abuse. We're just talking about kind of the everyday ways in which yeah. you can yep. hurt someone that is extra shocking when you're in the church and like, it's supposed to be about Jesus. Yeah. And you're like, mm-hmm. What's happening? So, you know, and I think it's important. So first of all, to acknowledge th- that it happens, everyone knows mm-hmm. that it happens. Like Nicole said at the beginning, like, Oh, politics, like, you know, it happens, yeah, yeah. but then how do we respond? Like, how do we yeah. respond to that situation? Like when you're in that situation, mm-hmm. how do you endure it? Cause sometimes it just requires endurance, right? Like you, mm-hmm. like you're dealing with someone who is kind of established or someone who isn't going to go away mm-hmm. and you can't sort of make them go away. And some, you know, I don't know, you, you can't. And so what do you do? How do you endure this? And, and mm-hmm. how do you respond? You yeah. Think? Yeah. It's such a good question. And like, uh, yeah, I think, um, like I found for me anyways, that the, probably the most important thing was making sure that, that I am always in that relationship with Jesus where things are, are where I'm like trying to grow deeper or like a let draw him, let him draw me deeper into relationship with him. Because I know that my tendency, if somebody, especially, I mean, I am not a wallflower, like, I, <laughs> like anybody who knows me knows that I don't have an issue speaking up if there's something that's, that I don't like that's happening for good or for ill, you know? And, um, so I know my tendency is if there are things like that, that hurt me, especially if they are very unjust, my tendency is going to be to go either on the attack and to like, just railroad that person, or it's going to be to speak disparagingly about them behind their back because I have been unjustly wounded and I need some people to know that I have been unjustly wounded. So those are my tendencies, right? But neither of those tendencies is actually Christian, like mm-hmm. <laughs> neither of those tendencies is loving, you know? So, so I have like, I've experienced times where I've failed in those things. And those are the things that I have done. And then I've also experienced times where there's been a grace and there, there's been like something that the Lord is doing. And then, um, and so then the, like with his grace, I I've either been able to talk to the person or do, but it's like, it's like being, I know that growing in holiness is going to help my response not to be mm. out of vice and a response from virtue instead. So that's like the, I kind of realized that it had to be more of the Lord responding to things than me responding to things. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. That. Yeah. 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 How about, it's funny. Cause I, I mean, so I have not worked in the church specifically. Um, mm. And so I don't have a lot of the same experiences. I, the, the little sort of, um, more immersive ministry experiences I've had, it's just been short enough that, that I didn't get deep into the mire of you know, mm-hmm. like a little bit, but not that it were, you know, where it starts to affect you really deeply on a personal yeah, yeah. level. I didn't quite make it there, you know? Right. Yeah. So I don't know, Rachel, if you have other, how have you navigated that? Like, I think Aaron, yeah. what you're saying of just like, like a being aware of what are my natural tendencies mm-hmm. and like being able to name those that, you know, when you're starting to bridge yes. that, you know, this is how I'm usually a jerk. That's <laughs> <laughs> and as long as you know that, then that's, that's, that's half that's of that. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then like you say, I've just like, it becomes something where like, I love that humility of, okay, these are, these are, this is what I can do. And these are, neither of these are Christian ways. So Lord, you guide me. How would you have me, mm-hmm. you know, and like walking with him in that, I think yeah. that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What, what I like, I love that framework. So I I'm going to use the same one. Like, I think my natural tendencies are not like Aaron's actually my natural tendencies are like, if anyone 
whether it's just or unjust, if anyone criticizes me, my natural tendency is, I may not like outwardly agree with them, agree with them. My natural tendency is to inwardly just kind of absorb criticism. Mm. So like Mm -hmm. I, and that's coming from like, you know, my own sort of wounds and insecurity. So I just kind of adopt that view of who I am. And then, Mm. and it like escalates my sort of panic because I'm like, well, I don't know how to change it. And I think I'm always like, I'm like a bit of a diplomat wherever I am. So I think wherever I am, I'm always trying to sort of make everybody work together. And Mm. if that's not happening, inadvertently and not, and this is another way you can be prideful, right? Like in a, in a, in a sense, I take it on myself, like, oh my gosh, like I'm failing in some kind of Mm. way. And even if someone mistreats me, my first kind of gut thing is like, okay, like how, what, you know, and it's not that I believe them. It's just my natural kind of tendency. Like you said, I like that Mm. idea. It's like a sort of my gut, it's my knee jerk reaction. And I have learned, it was actually, it's actually been three years of like working in the church that God has really helped me grow out of this because what happens is when you do that, I don't know if people listen can relate to this is when you take in people's sort of negativity and make it sort of who you are, you take, it, it comes out somewhere. So like mm-hmm. for me, it'll come out with like my family, you know, where I'm like, I can't do, you know, like you just can't help me. No one can help me like get away from me. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I become sort of some, uh, like a force of negativity, some other place in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really bad. It's like, you know, it really, that's, that sin really cycles out into a lot of things if you sort of let it. And so mm-hmm. it's like, how does, how do you sort of arrest the impact of sin where you are. And like you said, Aaron, like it can't be you. So mm. for me, same thing, like, Lord, how would you respond? The first thing that I need is to know that the Lord loves me. So that's mm. my number one move. When if, if somebody sort of attacks me or is unjust or whatever, it's to go sort of do the, honestly, to go to the Eucharist because yeah. I need that sacramental sort of affirmation. Like, yes, Jesus loves me. He is here for this me. I know. Yeah, exactly. The Bible tells me so. That's right. You know? Uh, Yeah. So that's my number one move. And then I think from there, it's also important to acknowledge, to be able to say out loud, like, that wasn't right. Mm. And that's hard for me sometimes to be like, hmm, what? Yeah. Sometimes I think yes. I'm going crazy. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, especially if it's somebody in a position of authority, right? Exactly. Who, yeah. You can you second know? guess yourself so easily. Yeah. Right. And that happens to me. So yeah. it helps then to talk about this with someone, you know, who isn't just going to be your cheerleader. Yeah, of yeah. course you need cheerleaders, but you need someone who's also going to push back a little bit so that you know that you're getting mm-hmm. like, not just your, your perspective mirrored mm-hmm. back to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can have someone like that, that's really helpful. And then they can help kind of guide you to like, yeah, that yeah. seems really kind of not cool. Yeah. And that's been really helpful to me. Like, okay, that wasn't yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Validating. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Well, and the, Sorry, you were going to say something, Nicole? Well, I have a, a last question for you guys afterwards before okay. we start to wind down here, but go ahead, Erin. Okay. Um, yeah. I was going to say the things that, like, it's interesting because the Lord, like the Lord uses everything, right? So the, even with all of these, with all of these things, like part of the, of what I found is that it's actually like having these kind of like conflicts or things like that has actually, um, deepened my identity in him like Mm -hmm. once things have like worked through it's like um it's like he does something in that to show me that actually who I am is not defined by what my response is or what this person has done or who they think I am or who any it's like it's only defined by who I am in him and who I am to him Mm -hmm. um 
which has been, which is like a huge, which is like a huge gift. Right. And then, and then I think something like, yeah, something also interesting that I found that, um, that has come from all of these things is that it's, uh, like once, once there's been some processing and like going through it and things like that. And once there's been like some healing of a wound for me, then it becomes, or even like praying for the person or letting the Lord just into things is like, there starts to come like mercy in it. And then, and then the person, instead of becoming the enemy becomes Mm -hmm. like the walking wounded, because you know that they're not like doing what they're doing because they're an evil minion of the devil. Like that's (laughs) not the, that's not what the case is, you know? And even something like when St. Ignatius talks about, um, like, um, upholding the proposition, right? So like, it's like assuming the best about the person because, um, because often in the conflict and whatever, it's like somebody has actually assumed assumed the worst about you, about your intentions, Mm -hmm. about your motivations, about all of those kind of things. So like the worst thing to do is reciprocate that by assuming the worst about their motivations, their Mm -hmm. intentions, like all of those kind of things. So like upholding the proposition would be, um, basically, acknowledging that something has happened and then objectively it can be bad. So it's like offering, um, offering an explanation without offering an excuse. So it doesn't excuse right. the behavior, right. but you can, you can think of explanations in your head for why that behavior might have been there, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not true, even if you're just making stuff up, like it yeah. can help you to see people in a yeah. terrible light. It's really yeah. funny. Actually, it's making me think of, um, Michael Jordan, like, so there, there's, there's, a, there's a connection. Um, the, the Netflix show, the last dance, he talks about this, like games, huge game that he had at the bulls where he, he assumed, well, he didn't, he, he didn't assume he tells the story as if this guy had personally insulted him in like this crazy, terrible way that made mm-hmm. him so mad. And so the next game he wanted to just you know, pummel him. And so he scored like all of these, like he really kind of destroyed this guy in the next game. And then afterwards you found out like, he just made it up. Like the guy hadn't insulted him at all. He just like made up this insult to motivate himself to destroy this guy on the basketball court, which is scary and crazy, but like also weirdly a genius move, but also scary. Sure. But it's kind of the opposite of that, right? Like Like whether it's true or not to kind of give your, give that person a sign to them some better motivation than what your knee jerk instinct is. And that will hopefully Mm -hmm. motivate you to see them in charity, you know? Yeah. Um, But then, and I also really like the idea of praying for them because I think, yeah, like that in through praying for someone, I mean, this is like loving your enemies kind of basic. Yeah. 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 So easy. Just love your enemies guys. That's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for your heart to be hardened against somebody. If you were praying for them, like if you're really struggling with somebody like praying for them every day, it's, you can't pray for somebody and hate them at the same time. Like it just, yeah. It's so true. You just can't, you know? Also I was being sarcastic. It is really hard to love your enemies. I just want to. That's (laughs) very true. Yes. I want to clarify it. So here's a question then for you guys before we, before we wrap up. Um, so what, why work in the church? Why be in the church if there's mm. all of this crap? Um, this is a conversation Nathan and I have been having because we've just started going to um, a new, like a Byzantine church here. Well, it's a it's Byzantine church. It's a priest and his wife and their four children and then like six other people. Nice. Us. So it's, okay. it's in, we're meeting right now in like the priest and his family's home. Like we have wow. liturgy in their dining room. Crazy. Um, and it's beautiful. 
Yeah. But as Nathan and I were talking about, you know, if you were going to a large parish, you can kind of get lost into it in it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you know, deeply involved in all of the inner workings of the parish, you avoid a lot of the politics and it's, Mm -hmm. you kind of keep yourself safe and protected Mm -hmm. when you're going to church with like 10 people. Um, it's harder to avoid all of the different personality, you know, like you can't. And I think a lot of, I was just reflecting on this kind of as we were all talking is, okay, one of the reasons why I feel like I haven't maybe encountered as much church politics stuff is yes, because I haven't worked as much in the church as both of you have. But also I think I've, I know this about myself in general, that I'm pretty good Mm. at, at sort of remaining a little bit numb or protected Mm. or aloof Mm. from things that, you know, not being vulnerable as a form of protection. I don't want to go as deep enough, like with people, I don't want to really let people in because I don't trust them all, you know? Mm, And so, so yeah. So how do we, how do we reconcile the very real possibility of, you know, the church, uh, people in the church are not necessarily marked by perfection. Hopefully we're marked by forgiveness and that's what makes us different. But if we go in and expect perfection, we're not going to get it. But so how do we, how do we do that? Is there still a good reason to, to let mm-hmm. ourselves in, you know, amidst all of the other demands of life? Like do, you know, I don't know. So what, what's your, um, your sales pitch for why we should still be involved in the church working for the church or serving the church? Yeah. yeah. Um, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think first of all, it is a discernment and it is a calling. Like we, okay. So mm. first of all, by baptism, we all have a calling to evangelize, right. right? Like this is our mission. Everyone, everyone's on mission. We are all church. Like, and this is the other thing, like church isn't just the people who work there or the involved kind of officially involved people. It's, it is really all of us. So we have, we have a calling of some kind. And then, so discerning that properly is I think step one, but if you discern that and God is like, Hey, you know, you got to go talk to father Steve and start a young adult ministry. You know, that's Mm. like, I think, I think it's, yeah, you, you can't expect perfection, but I think, I think for me, humility comes back into it. It is kind of a school of humility, like working for the church, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. will learn humility. And I think if you're, if you're kind of working for the church in any case, be like, well, well, you know, is it going to be good for me? Is it going to be like fun for me? Whatever that may not, those may not be the right questions Mm. to ask. Not that Mm. it won't be fun, but the question to to ask is like, well, you know, what's, how am I called to love here? And then the Lord is going to shape you in that. And it's going to be good. Like it will Mm. be beautiful and good. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're walking with him and through in and through that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like I that. Like it, it is really about the call, you know, because it's, I love you when you talk about the parish and people being involved at the parish, because I, I'm a big advocate of like, I don't think there should be anybody sitting in the pew on Sunday who does nothing in their parish that, mm. and that it doesn't, it doesn't mean that everybody needs to be on the parish council or everybody needs to whatever, but even if you are specifically praying for your mm. pastors in some That's right. way, even if you are dropping off flowers for the thing, even if you're like, or whatever, smiling. Smiling or smiling. Yeah. Or intentionally. Yeah. That's right. Every time you go in each week, you're looking for a new person to say hello to or whatever, like who, who, whatever, you know? Um, but, but I think like it is like the call is always worth it because it comes from the Lord and the Lord, he is the only one who knows what, what is held in that call, right? Like he's not going to call anybody to work for the church if there's not some good that he is intending to 
bring from it or that he will bring from it because he he can he works with all of us he knows every single person on your parish council's you know heart he knows everybody so um so there's always like there's always a call that he that he gives and he's faithful to the call like which is a which is the ultimate thing but also because there are some really like even in the even in the most difficult positions that i've had there were some beautiful times there oh, were yeah. like some really graced moments and it's even more in some of the difficult times where those mm. really graced moments have been like particularly poignant because they were not coming like so frequently or you know and so it was like this extra kind of um affirmation from the lord of like of the call to to be where he had me at the time um but i think too like that um that he also gives like I don't know, it ebbs and flows, you know? So it, like, if you're involved in different church stuff, whether it's your parish council or whether it's whatever, like, I hope, I hope that anybody who's involved in any of these things has both of those experiences. Like mm-hmm. maybe some of the mm-hmm. harder stuff, you know, cause it causes us to grow in virtue and he brings good out of suffering. That's our whole podcast. Yeah. That's like right. everything is redemptive in him, you know? Yeah. Um, but then also some of the really beautiful things, like when I was working at the Newman center, which in Toronto at the university, which was my, my previous job, it was such a gift to work there with the team there because everybody had this relationship with the Lord. We all spoke the same language we were all heading in the same direction together um even at the parish here i i have managed to get myself on the parish council somehow which is funny to me but but the only reason that i was like that i felt like i could say yes to that is because i already know most of the people on the parish council but the whole parish council is like everybody is a disciple who loves the Lord. And we do have the capacity to speak that same language. And so the gift there is the ability to like really, really go um, gung ho, like a hundred percent all in, you know, and there's something beautiful about that too, when everybody is kind of of the same mind and then the Lord just can like move things really quickly. So like both are gifts, you know? Yeah, that's good too reiterate sort of like that. Yeah. We're highlighting here the hard things that can be a part of working for the church because you almost feel like it, that shouldn't be there at all. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say like, yeah, like, you know, I mean, the three of us met because Aaron was working in campus ministry. I have have some of my like deepest friendships and like people who are real disciples of Christ, priests and lay workers that are my really close friends. And mm-hmm. I would say like family in Christ now because of working for the church. So yeah, this, that is all also operative all the time in different ways in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I also think that there is like, this is our whole podcast. Like you said, Aaron, like the cross, like Jesus doesn't say the cross isn't going to be there. So when you, when yeah. you mm-hmm. serve the church, it also like the cross is going to be there. And if it's, mm-hmm. it might be something else and that's okay. It's like, always going to be in something. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be somewhere, yeah. you know, that's good. So, um, yeah. and I think that's a good, it's to, to adjust our expectations a little bit. Mm. Like, are we expecting everyone to just be all angelic and work together all perfectly? If we are, right. then we need to basically grow up a little bit yeah. and like, just expect other humans to be humans. I, I tell this to my students sometimes where I say, you know, you might expect when you go off and graduate and go into the working world that other adults are going to act like what you imagine adults are like, Right. but they're not, they're not going to, and you're going to have people who act in ways that you 
are very shocked by because it's so unprofessional, but that's just reality. And you'll learn to navigate all of these things, you know, just like, and so totally, yeah, because humans just aren't perfect. And so, and I mean, maybe that's like, sounds like reductionist. It's like, well, it's just humans are perfect, but maybe if we expect the cross more, Hmm. um, then when it comes, we can be like, Oh, there it is. Hello. Not that it makes it any easier. I think when those things happen, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's That's right. Anyway, thanks folks. Thanks for this chat. Church politics. That's right. Church politics. (laughs) Well, I think it's time for God winks. You have the God wink. And I have the God wink. And it's, I'm actually sharing one that my husband told me. Um, So I will share this, this that happened to him, but that I thought it was very cool. Um, Yeah. So Nathan, uh, Nathan's finishing his PhD in theology and he, he's, uh, his degree is through the University of Toronto. Both of our PhDs are, um, but he moved down here with me for when I got this job in Nashville. And so it's been difficult for him a little bit because he's disconnected from that whole community there of other intellectuals who are also doing their PhDs. Right. And he's just kind of forging ahead alone. Mm. Um, and so occasionally I think that's, yeah, that just is tough. And he starts to like wonder like where, like, you know, you, you just, it's hard when you're totally. not in it, in it. Right. Totally. So yeah. he had this moment the other day where he was, um, just kind of feeling, feeling that I think, and, uh, sort of thinking like, what, like, where, what is his place and what is, where, mm. the, what's for career and where is it all, whatever. So there's this online, uh, theology website called syndicate. I don't know, Rachel, if you guys or both of, you know, no, basically people can go and they, um, post if there's like new books that have come up and they start a forum mm. where people can write responses and discuss like these new ideas and things that are, are coming out. And I guess it's for oh. humanity. So there's one for theology and there's one for, the, mm. for philosophy and nice. there's different kind of categories. So he was looking on this and then he was just like, I wonder who is like kind of the editor or the person in charge of the theology section, you know, who, like who has this job. And, uh, so he goes and clicks on it. And it's him. It's a picture of him and it's his name and a bio of him. And he has no idea how it got there. No one ever approached him to talk about this. He like had signed up for like a free membership with them like a year ago. So, so he what? felt like this is just like a God wink where the God was just reminding him like, Hey, like you're still in the game here. Like this That's could be hilarious. you and it is. So now he's kind of like, That's amazing. he emailed them and he has to figure out like, well, 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 what? I am not editing right now. I don't you know, know what's, I don't know what, what's happening, but. you know, but now he's like, okay, well, maybe I'm going to post this book and start like, actually, you know, just like kind of yeah. do this because apparently I'm the official yep. editor of this whole thing. So that's awesome. Anyways, that's, that's a, that's a cool, that's, God God that's a very big God ring. <laughs> yeah. What right? the heck? Yeah. There's like a Isn't bio cool? and everything. It wasn't like, it isn't even just I like, know. like a bio. Yeah. A picture, and I read the bio and I'm like, yeah, this is like a reason accurate. Like how did, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Neither of us have any clue of how. Well, obviously That's I don't so great. crazy. Yeah. Happens. Cool. Sweet. Well, well, thanks for listening, folks. Yes. We hope that this episode didn't make you feel like, oh, Aaron's Aaron's like starting up her. Erin <laughs> yeah, is massaging her. Yeah, I'm her back now, which is good. Yeah. Well, um, folks, you know, send us your stories if you would like to. Of yeah. maybe, you know, how do you how do you navigate this? Or what is how how has maybe a difficult moment mm. in church politics helped you to grow or deepen something in your life, you know? Yeah. 
And yeah. also we love the church. I just feel like, I don't know why yeah. so many times we need to say it. The church is divine. Love, the church is yeah, divine. Exactly. That's right. And we That's do right. believe that she is divine. My last thing. Okay. The, I read this once like a long time ago and somebody was writing there like the amazing thing about the church is not that it's full of saints and full of, you know, perfect people and amazing popes, particularly they're talking about popes, amazing oh, popes yeah. who've always guided the church. They said the amazing thing is that we've had some really terrible popes but somehow the church still exists and no one has proclaimed heresy as an official teaching of the church. That's right. If that's not miraculous. That's right. That's right. Then we're all good. Yeah, exactly. The Holy Spirit's still, Holy Spirit's still around. All right. All right. Love you, everybody. Love you guys. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.